Well, it's been a real thrill being here this morning, getting to know and meet some of you and and join in worshipping God, because that's what we're here to do, isn't it, on a a Sunday morning, to praise the Lord of Lords and King of Kings, and just, just remind ourselves what an amazing God we've got. So, just a little bit about uh, myself before I start. Um, I'm a CAP Debt Centre Manager for the Wye Valley. Uh, So, I live in Monmouth and I worship in Ross-on-Wye. And I cover three counties for CAP's debt help. That's Monmouthshire, Herefordshire and parts of Gloucestershire, I cover the Forest of Dean. So I get the pretty bits uh, of, the, of the world. Not that it's not beautiful around here, but I'm, I'm, I do love where I work. So every morning when I wake up and pull back the curtains, I see the glorious River Wye sort of running past, uh, past my, uh, my bedroom window. And it's such a joy to, to see. And it's a bit of a contrast from the work that I do because as a debt centre manager, I see people in the pits of despair. People who are struggling with their finances, people who just don't know where the next meal in some cases is going to come from. And in addition to being a CAP Debt Centre Manager, uh, I was speaking with John earlier, I'm also a CAP Debt Money Coach, and I also run Life Skills, and I'm part of CAP's National Speaker Team. So it's with that hat on today that I'm joining you to be able to share a little bit about what I see working for Christians Against Poverty. This morning, we're going to look again at the challenge of UK poverty. And we're going to see how God is working with both individuals and churches to to bring transformation and freedom to people up and down the country. Now, I know that as a church, you are all committed to helping those in your community. You run the food bank. You've got so much going on that's serving your community. And this is really amazing I was having a look at your website earlier this week, and I was quite excited by the feast in his presence that I saw advertised, that the fact that you want to feast on God's word and actually concentrate on on how much God wants to give to us. So this morning, I've got a little bit of a challenge for you. Is everybody here okay with a challenge? Good. I've also got some encouragement as well, and normally folks are okay with encouragement. Challenge, uh, uh, but encouragement, yes. So that's where we're going to go. Here goes. Right now, in the UK, this figure is staggering. It comes from the Roundtree Foundation. There are 1.5 million people in our country living in destitution. That's parents who are missing meals so they can feed their children. Elderly people who've not turned on the heating now the cold weather started because they're afraid of the cost of their electricity and gas. There are people battling mental health problems and physical health problems alongside being hounded by debt collectors, letters, threatening phone calls, People banging on their door, demanding money that they simply do not have. Let me try and help you visualize that, because if you're anything like me, figure of 1.5 million doesn't mean that much. 
If we got together, everybody who lived in Bristol, that wouldn't be nearly enough people. We'd have to add into that mix everybody living in Cardiff and all of Somerset too to reach that figure of 1.5 million. Imagine that. All those people unable to afford the bare essentials that we all need to stay warm, keep dry, and eat. Now, obviously, these are just statistics. But as a debt centre manager, I actually encounter on a daily basis people for whom that is the situation. I want to tell you a little bit about Gina. It's not her real name. She has given me permission to share this story. When I first encountered Gina, it was the beginning of the school holidays. Her eight-year-old son wanted to go swimming, but she had to say no, he couldn't go swimming with his friends because they had no money. In fact, for the week before I met them, Gina and her son had been eating bread and pickle sandwiches. That is all they'd had for breakfast, lunch, and their evening meal, one loaf and a jar of pickle. The reason for that was Gina's benefits had been sanctioned. She'd been in hospital because of her ill health and she'd been unable to go and sign on and therefore her benefits were stopped. Now working with CAP, I was able to take her to Tesco's, which was the nearest supermarket, do a huge food shop for her and make sure that her and her son had got food for the rest of the week. And then once she started working with CAP, we were able to come up with a debt management plan for her. And I can joyfully tell you, because it wasn't this summer that I met Gina, but she's now debt free. She also has come into a relationship with Jesus Christ through working with CAP and her local church and is now happily married and is hopefully worshipping somewhere else this Sunday. So that's my story about Gina, but she's not a single example. Last year, I think I said I, lived in Monmouth, I live in Monmouth, which is a fairly prosperous town, but I went and visited a single mum. When I knocked on her door, I found out that she had, this was in the depths of winter, she had no gas or electric because she'd not been able to put money in the prepayment meter. And she had been bathing her toddler when she did have gas by boiling a kettle on her hob, walking through to the bathroom and putting it in the bath because her kettle had broken. The health and safety implications of that are just scary, aren't they? I told this story without details to a lady that I saw in the car park shortly after the visit, who then went and bought a kettle, and I was able to go round and deliver it to, to Sarah. And working with CAP, we managed to get a budget sorted out, and she is also now debt-free. In summertime, this sort of thing isn't that much of an issue, but in wintertime, I was in a home of, you might think death is something that just happens to, to the young or to the feckless. I was in the home of an 80-year-old guy. He'd been an accountant in his professional life, but things had gone downhill in his retirement. 
His house was so, so cold. My feet were freezing. There was no carpet, just bare boards. And I have to confess, I rather selfishly took him out for a drink and something to eat. Obviously, I wanted to give him something to eat, but that way I wasn't having to sit in his cold house. That is the reality of debt. This was a professional man reduced to not having enough money to heat his home. I could tell you lots and lots of stories, but I know that you probably want to go home sometime today. So um, of the 360 clients that, that I've worked with during the time that I've worked with CAP, I see real lives affected by poverty. These are people like you, people like me, who never think that that is what's going to happen to them. Now, with this in mind, we're going to watch a brief DVD now just showing us Tina's story. Because as I've said, debt is something that can happen to absolutely anybody. And I think Tina tells her story in her own words far better than I can. Thank you. My neighbours didn't know what situation I was in. To walk past the house, no, you wouldn't know. The only thing you think is, oh, that person keeps their curtains closed. You don't know what goes on behind closed doors. The one thing I didn't want was to be judged. You put a front on to people. I won't have a cup of tea because I've only got a quarter of a pint of milk that's got to last me a week. You make excuses. Oh, the boiler's not working today, so I can't put the heating on, sorry. Oh, the bulbs are blown, sorry. I'd go around and take the bulbs out. My bedtime became sort of four or five o'clock in the evening because I couldn't read by the lights I had and or do my cross-stitch or anything like that. Collect the post once in a blue moon, big pile of letters, and it, we want this, we want this, we want this. You can't have it, there's just nothing left. You don't see an end. And as much as people tell you there's an end, there isn't. You're living, not day to day, I was living minute to minute. And the only answer I could see was, if I'm not on this earth, you can't get anything from me. Over one and a half million people haven't got enough food to eat, heating for their home, or even a place to call their home. Right here, right now in the UK. Poverty is in every community, often hidden behind closed doors. I know what it's like to not have enough to feed your children. I know what it's like to have to leave home. And that's why I started CAP 23 years ago. We offer award-winning debt counselling. We have job clubs and we offer courses that help people with life skills and dependencies. 
Every one of our life-transforming services is run in partnership with a local church just like yours. Whenever Cat partner with local churches, lives are transformed and poverty is relieved. Every year together, tens of thousands of lives are touched by the work of CAP and the local church. But most importantly, around a thousand people choose to respond to Jesus. On her own, Tina had absolutely no chance of resolving her debt situation. But once the local church and CAP were on the scene, things began to change dramatically. It was a relief when Ruth came home because for once it was someone that wanted to listen to me, that wasn't getting paid to listen to me. And I sobbed. I broke my heart. She then said, right, we're going to help you here. They will sort you a budget out that gives you money that I can go shopping where I could open the post and just put it in an envelope and send it to Ruth or keep it for her next visit. Such a relief to be able to get up in the morning and open your blinds and your curtains and you see sunlight instead of a dark room. You know, and I remember going to church after I went debt free. You right? Yep. I went debt free the other day. Yeah, and you know, and everyone was genuinely pleased that I'd done it as well. And through the coach journey, I started going to my local Baptist church and it started restoring my faith. I got baptized and it was like a piece of my wall that I put up came down, but also another weight got lifted with the support of my father and the support of the churches and the people around me. I can now start rebuilding my life. Wow, they do say, don't they, that a a picture paints a thousand words. I think that story just sums up the hope that CAP represented for for that lady, for Tina. Encountering Jesus and having her life totally transformed. For many of my clients, many of our debt clients, nobody actually outside their immediate family knows about what they're suffering. In fact, I recently met up with a lady, I'll call her Helen, and we met at at my church building rather than at her home, all our home visits. All our visits are normally done in the home. But Helen, although she's just a year away from pensionable age herself, she lives with her father, and she didn't want her father to know that she was struggling with debt. There's so much shame associated with it, and that's often where the local church comes in, that we're able to to bring people to the church, show them that they're loved, accepted as, as they are. And we, as Christians, believe that injustice, exclusion, and exploitation should have no part in God's kingdom. And we're able to show that by helping people in a non-judgmental way. Now, this morning, we're going to spend some time, because you're probably thinking, oh, she's talking about CAP. What about looking at God's word? Well, don't worry. We're going to do that as well. So if you've got your Bibles with you, if you can get them out. If not, don't worry. The scripture's going to come up on the screen as well. So can you turn in your Bible this morning to Isaiah chapter 3, verses 14 and 15. Let's see what God's word has got to say about 
poverty and injustice. Isaiah 3, 14 to 15. The Lord enters into judgment against the elders and leaders of his people. It is you who have ruined my vineyard. The plunder from the poor is in your houses. What do you mean by crushing my people and grinding the faces of the poor, declares the Lord, the Lord Almighty. Isaiah is not mincing his words here, is he? He's not pussyfooting about the, the situation. He looks at the state of the nation and he says it as he sees it. And it is not a pretty picture. Where's justice? Where's mercy? The leaders and the elders are not protecting those in their care. The system's stacked against the poorest and they're finding their faces crushed under its feet. And you know what? God is not happy about that situation. We're going to go on and read a little bit more from the book of Isaiah as Isaiah encounters the living God. So can you flip over now to Isaiah 6, verse 1? Isaiah 6, verse 1. In the year that King Isaiah died, I saw the Lord high and exalted, seating on a throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. What a vision Isaiah's just had. He sees angels calling out to one another, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Overwhelmed by the presence of God, Isaiah calls out in verse 5, Woe to me, I cried. I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live amongst the people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he'd taken with tongues from the altar. With it, he touched my mouth and said, See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? And I said, Here I am. Send me. Whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, here I am, send me. You know what? Those verses are as relevant today as when Isaiah uttered them. It's amazing, isn't it? He goes from, woe is me, I'm ruined, to here I am, send me, all in one paragraph. I don't know about you, but do you look at what ha what's happening in our society and feel utterly powerless? Isaiah thought that his encounter with the holiness of God had consumed him, that he was finished. But instead, in this encounter, Isaiah sees the king of kings. And he's totally changed by his encounter with God. 
Something of the heart of God and character starts to really impact Isaiah and change the way he sees things. And so the voice of God comes and Isaiah looks again. He looks at heaven and he says, here I am, send me. In churches, we often talk about sending people, don't we, to some local town or distant country. And um, in fact, it was wonderful hearing the, uh, the testimony of, the, of the, uh, the mission work going on in Africa this morning. Now, I've got two friends who are presently working in Marsabit in uh, northern Kenya uh, with uh, African Inland Mission. And I've got other friends who are with OMF. And I had the privilege a number of years ago of, of also doing mission work. And no doubt most of you have got friends or know of people around the globe serving God in, in far-flung areas. But you know what? The call of God is never limited to a few select people to go and do mission. Isaiah, we see here, was being called to his people, to where he was living then. We can all make a difference in the place that we live, and I see that so much with the work of CAP. You know what? I'm going to share with you something that I saw recently that really challenged me. It said, those who think they're too small or insignificant to make a difference have never been to bed with a mosquito. So true, isn't it? That tiny insect can totally impact you in such a way that's not proportionate to its size. So, hands up those of you who think that the church notices are the best part of the service. Hang on with me here. I've not lost the plot, honestly. Ten years ago, I was working part-time uh, as a secondary school teacher. And then one Sunday morning, God called me during the church notices. The notice was that our present debt centre manager had stepped down and we needed a new debt centre manager, otherwise our, our local debt centre would close. And it was as though God had got hold of me and shaken me and said, that is you. My Bible reading that night was also about serving the poor. So I prayed, because I was sort of getting the message by then. I prayed, look, Lord, if this is your will, I need somebody else to say that to me. That was Monday morning. Tuesday evening at my uh, house group, one of my very good friends said, Elaine, have you thought about going for that job as the debt centre manager? I said, why have you said that? She said, I have absolutely no idea. I just felt that that is what God wanted me to say to you. So the rest is history, and nine years later, our debt center is, is still going strong. But God, is he calling you to be involved with the CAP debt center here in northeast Bristol? There are so many opportunities to go and share the good news with our CAP clients. For those of you who don't know, when we go on home visits, we have to take somebody else with us. And the role of that person, we call them a befriender. And the role of the befriender is to simply be 
a friend. Hands up who can't be a friend. Oh, good. <laughs> I often got this vision of loads of hands going up. That is what we are called to be, to be a friend, to share our faith when appropriate, to sit there and to pray during the visit, because often during the visit, there's lots of reasons that prayer is needed. And our local debt center wants people who have appointments with CAP in this area not to go to some far-flung church in order to, to go and worship, but to come along here. See what brilliant and lovely, friendly people you are. I can testify to that. And just to welcome them into your church family. Maybe just at first inviting them for a cup of tea, because maybe a Sunday service is a step too far at this point. But as people get to know you, I often find my clients ask me, why? Why do Christians do this? Why do you want to help me? And we then get an opportunity to share the gospel with those that we encounter. I've got some amazing befrienders. I'll tell you about Faye and Bill. Faye and Bill are in their 80s and they befriend for me. So age is no barrier. Full training is given, by the way. And uh, Jane, who's sitting over there, would love to, to talk with you later if you feel that, that you can be a befriender for some of the CAP clients that we've got in this area. Faye and Bill, they take people to our local fish and chip shop once a fortnight and buy them lunch. That's part of their church giving. When they get to know the person better, they start inviting them to house group at their house. Now, obviously, not everybody says yes to this, but we have been, I have had the real privilege of seeing these lovely individuals come to faith, and I've been to their baptisms, and unfortunately, I've, I've also been to a couple of funerals, but it's a funeral that's been a celebration of the life that somebody who is now with the Lord, who would not have been at the beginning of their time working with CAP. So transformation can truly happen through the help of befrienders. Now, you might be thinking, mm, that's not me. Well, you don't have to do that. You just do whatever you feel comfortable with. We We'll provide the training. We, by the way, what I haven't said is you don't need any financial know-how in order to be a befriender. You're simply being a friend. CAP gives all the financial advice. All you have to be is, is yourself. I've managed to, to just come alongside somebody and share Jesus with them. So if you feel that that is God giving you a little poke this morning and saying, how can I share the gospel with somebody? How can I be a missionary here in Bristol? That is what my befrienders are. They're just themselves sharing their love of Jesus with the people that they encounter. Some of my befrienders go on to 
help multiple people. I've got other people who just see one person and stick with them. In fact, another of my ladies actually ended up going to the wedding of one of my clients. Once they'd got debt-free, uh, the person came to Christ. They'd been in a relationship where they were, were cohabiting, and they felt that God was calling them to get married. And the befriender went along, and I think she actually did a reading at the wedding. So as a debt coach, I can't be a friend to 300. Well, actually, when I add it up, I probably got about 1,000 people that I've been working with. I can't be a friend to all of those. But if you, as the local church, can come alongside somebody and just be a friend, we would love, really love, to have you involved in helping in that way. So, today, I've mentioned one way you can help CAP, by being, a li- uh, by being a befriender. Another way that you can support CAP, on your chair, I'll just walk over and grab one of these, you have got a list of ways you can support CAP by praying for our work. Please feel free to take this bit of the form home and and pray for our work if you feel that that's what God is calling you to do. Second way that you can support CAP is by becoming what we call a life changer. What I normally say is for the cost of a costa per month, you can give families the help that they need. A £20 donation could pay for a caseworker to help 10 clients, stopping that bailiff, dealing with crises in the home and building a budget so that that individual can get a journey out of debt. Or maybe you could consider becoming what we call a vision sponsor and donating £50 per month. And people who do that get in-depth information from CAP explaining what's been happening in the organisation over the last month. Many of my clients just can't believe that this service is free. I've just helped somebody become bankrupt because to repay their debts, they're in their 20s. To repay their debts, they would be at least in their 70s by the time they paid their debts back because they've got limited disposable income. And they say, why do CAP do this? And once again, it gives us an opportunity to share about a God who loves them who has a plan and a purpose for their life. If you would like to become a life changer, on the form, under section one, there's opportunity to do that. So if you would like to, fill that in and hand it to myself or Jane after the service. But don't worry, if neither of those things is for you, I've got something for you anyway. Coming up to Christmas, maybe you're thinking about stocking fillers. Before you give this as a stocking filler, I would really recommend that you read it. It's a story about how CAP has gone from a one-man operation by our founder, John Kirkby, who you saw on the video, to an organisation that works with 600 churches, helps 23,000 people every year. What I would say is this book comes with a health warning. If you want a life of minimum risk, if you don't want to be challenged, 
if you don't want to impact the society you live in, do not pick up this book and read it. It's, for me, I read this before I responded to that, that notice in the church. It can be life-changing. But it's a very good read, even if you don't want to come become a befriender or a debt centre manager. Uh, and say, just fill in your book to get your free copy there. So... I just want to thank you all for listening this morning. It's been an absolute joy to be able to share with you about the work of CAP. And can I just pray uh, before, um, before I hand, uh, hand back over? Dear Lord, we want to thank you for the immense privilege of being your children and that you've entrusted us with your commission to go out into our community and share the amazing good news that you love us and you have a plan and a purpose for our lives. That you've called each of us to be your witnesses here in Bristol and to bring hope to the hopeless. Love and joy where there is despair and emptiness. Lord, help us to cherish those that you have called us to minister to. We thank you that you're a God of justice who cares for the poor and the downtrodden. Lord, we just pray that you fill us with your Holy Spirit so that we can be the people that you have called us to be, to reach the lost and the broken, and also those who think they've got it all sorted. Help us to share Jesus with everyone we encounter. Thank you, God, that your kingdom will come and that your good and perfect will shall be accomplished. We praise you and we look forward with excited anticipation as the best we know is yet to come. Like Isaiah, may we be overwhelmed by the glory of your presence and offer ourselves to serve you, the living God. In your very precious name we pray. Amen. And don't remember, don't forget, don't remember, don't forget to come and talk to myself uh, and Jane afterwards and pick up your free book. Thank you very much.